Hello, hello. Welcome into the PHNX Cardinals podcast presented to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook. Like and subscribe. Leave us a five-star wherever you get your podcast. I'm Johnny Venerable. Pleasured to join by Howard Balzer of gophnx.com and a fellow Hall of Fame voter, longtime Cardinal reporter. Howard, you know, Bo and I left the combine and it was such a grind that he immediately had to jet set to Florida with his family. So <laughs> thankfully, we were able to top our guy, official beat reporter for PHNX Cardinals, Howard Balzer, on today's show. And man, oh man, uh, like I feel like the last two combines, Howard, so huh. much news specific to this franchise, right? No, no question. No, no question. And and a lot of stuff that didn't have to do with the combine, uh, obviously. Yes. <laughs> with, with with last year, of course, when the news dropped, I think it was on on Monday of Combine Week with Kel- Kyler Murray's agent, you know, putting out his all capital letters manifesto of why the Cardinals should sign Kyler Murray now. And then, of course, the Cardinals' response, in essence, to that was a couple of days later, signing Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim to not only contract extensions, but contract extensions through 2028. And here we are a, a year later, and they're both not with the organization at, anymore. We have a total re, you know, redo, rebuild, whatever you want to call it, uh, going on. And then, of course, this year at the Combine, amidst everything going on, we had the NFLPA dropping its survey of 32, which, needless to say, was hardly flattering uh, to the Cardinals uh, coming in 31st out of 32 teams. So I'm sure the Cardinals are hoping that next year at this time when Indianapolis rolls around, that there'll be a lot more positive things to talk about. You brought up uh, the, the extensions to Kyler and, and Cliff last year. And I have to tell a quick story. We were out late uh, I think it was Tuesday night uh, in Indianapolis, and it was myself and Bo and, and uh, producer Shane was with us as well. And somebody came up to me. He put his arm around me. He said, hey, where are my, where are my Cardinal people at? And it's this guy, good-looking guy in a blue sweatshirt. And I'm like, who is this? And he was incredibly friendly, having a good time. It was Eric Burkhardt, the agent for Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury. He reps, if you can believe it, uh, presumed top 10 pick Tyree Wilson. So it'd be interesting to see how those negotiations would go if Tyree is eventually an Arizona Cardinal. So I had to tell that story. Uh, Eric is a fan of the show. We appreciate you, Eric. Uh, we appreciate all 88 of you who are here live today. Like this video shared around the YouTube algorithm. And listen, let's, let's get the cut and dry. This roster overhaul that I think we anticipated was coming is happening. Today, we got word, Howard, that Robbie Anderson, the easiest cut in the NFL, was released or is released. That's going to save them $12 million against the cap. And then also Rodney Hudson um, presumably is going to be cut. Now, I had it sourced last summer that he was basically retired, wanted to retire, and the Cardinals kind of courted him to come out because they didn't have a contingency plan. And then you think about Howard with Rodney the fact that the Raiders, he was trying to get the Raiders to release him so he could go play in like Kansas City. So Kime had to intervene. They they traded for, for for him with multiple thirds. That trade ended up being two years and about a handful of games played, a little more than that, but you get my point. I mean, that the Rodney Hudson saga, I put it out on Twitter today, it perfectly encapsulates Kime's era. It's like, yeah, we we can't develop linemen. We don't provide prioritize in the draft. Let's just go throw picks and money at Rodney Hudson. Hopefully it works out. And, you know, you've had a great staff for a long time that when he played, the yeah. Cardinals were very viable, but he just didn't play enough. That that's that's exactly the case. And last year, you know, at least he played 12 games, which was the bulk of the season. And yeah. and the Cardinals were nine and three in those game in those games that he played. And then this year, like he said, I mean, I had talked, Johnny, I had talked to some Raiders people when all the injuries were going on with Hudson, you know, early in the season and he wasn't in the lineup. And, and, and I said, you know, what, what was it that led to him being, you know, being traded and wanting out or whatever it was at that point? They said, well, it was mostly money, but it was also because here was a guy that had been threatening retirement for a couple of years, had had knee issues ongoing that he obviously couldn't shake this year and you know the cardinals were hoping i'm sure hey we can get two years out of them that's that that you know that's a pretty good plus obviously uh, that didn't work out 
And, and like you said, the key was there was no contingency plan, but it always mm-hmm. seemed as was chronicled during this past season. It, it almost seemed like every move the Cardinals made, even though it looked good at the time, didn't work out for other reasons. And that was certainly the case at the center position because the Cardinals were primed to select Tyler Linderbaum in the mm-hmm. first round as the contingency plan for Hudson if he decided, if he didn't decide, if he decided not to play, if he did decide to play and then there were injury issues, they, ha- they had their guy for the next decade. Well, then, of course, word comes privately at the time of the draft that DeAndre Hopkins was about to be suspended. And so now the Cardinals are looking at a situation, wow, we're not going to have Hopkins for six games. So they pull the trigger on the Hollywood Brown deal, which negated getting Linderbaum. And so yeah. here, here we are now almost a year later and wondering who's the next center for this team going to be. But, you know, it's interesting. You mentioned Hudson wanting to be released to go to the chiefs. Well, look what the chiefs did. I mean, they drafted who Creed Humphrey. Yeah. And, and, he, and here's another guy. I think he was a second round pick if I'm not mistaken. He was. Yeah. He was. I mean, this guy came in right away, started right away. And he's probably their center uh, for the next decade. So that's what the, that's just one of the many holes that the Cardinals have to worry about. Uh, this, you know, this offseason is, you know, it's just a matter of when Hudson goes off the roster, whether it's a real, you know, I had thought all along that this was probably going to be a post June 1st situation, mm-hmm. but part of his contract, which they lowered his base salary, which I learned is that there's a $1 million roster bonus that is due to be paid on March 19th, which means if he's on the roster on the fifth day of the league year, then the Cardinals have to pay him a million dollars. Can't imagine him doing that. And really, if you look at the cap ramifications of it, it's not that much different if he's on, you know, if 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 he was cut or retired before June 1st, obviously before March 19th, or yeah. if they waited till after June 1st, because the thing people forget that if you wait until after June 1st, all of the money is still counting against the cap mm-hmm. until the player is gone after June 1st. So there's not that much of a difference if, you know, if, you know, if they would, you know, cut the cord quickly, I would assume it would come before the 19th because I mean, I, some would say, well, it'll be a nice going away present. Well, he really got the going away present this past He did. With I mean, he, play, he, he played, he played the Cardinals. Yeah, they, I only, mean, we're only playing four games. Yeah. I mean, he, he didn't, he, he who knows if he's going to play next year or not. I would uh, it, yeah. He was done last year. He, and he got he got some fat checks from the Cardinals. They put themselves in that position. And I think, you know, Kime's getting demolished in the chat, rightfully so. He just didn't do a good enough job. Um, but here's something I would take solace in if you're a Cardinal fan and, and try to bear with me as we get as I get through this point. because uh, the kind of the consensus I got from being around folks in Mobile or not Mobile, Indianapolis, I wouldn't get too hung up on cap space with this team this year. This could very well be a year in which they've got some cap that goes unspent. I don't know that definitively, but it's not so much cap space as it is opportunities. Opportunities for new people, specifically draft picks, young players to come in and and try to win a job. Um, Because this roster, and Howard, I'm assuming you're going to attest with this as well, it's not a bunch of players signing free agency away from contending. Um, They're going to fill holes. They'll they'll probably go out and sign a center on a one- or two-year contract. Because they can't go into the draft thinking, well, we have to force a pick at center at pick 34. I I love John Michael Schmitz. He's fantastic. What if he goes 28th, right? What do you do then? You got to have a contingency plan in place. But, you know, I got to ask this a lot today after that report came out. Like, how much are they going to save? I'm not a capologist, but I know, like, definitively, this team's not going to be in the market for a Javon Hargraves. They're not going to go out and spend 15, 20, 21 million dollars on singular players. They're going to go out and be crafty and cautious, look for guys that have a familiarity, certainly with Drew Petzine and Jonathan Gannon and Nick Rallis, of course, because they were together in Philadelphia, that they can fill out the meat of this roster while also recouping. Like, Because like nobody in free agency, and this is where Kime struggled, nobody this month is going to hamper a, a draft pick's development. That was always the issue with Kime and Vance Joseph and Cliff Kingsbury, where They'd sign players, and then they draft players, and then it was just this came the fall. Like, there was no singular plan. If they go out and they sign a center to a two-year contract, and they draft John Michael Smith, it'll be an open competition, and they want John Michael Smith to win that job, right? That 
And, and a fourth round pick could be out of free agent. That was never the case. You know, we've got Tanner Vallejo starting over Isaiah Simmons. Like, that's unacceptable. That can't happen. You've got the eighth overall pick. So that, to me, is where things are going to change. They, they want to come out of this draft with 12 picks plus. This roster needs a bunch of infusion of young talent. So they can afford any player they want. But I think they're going to be very specific and rightfully so who they choose Howard to bring into this locker room. Because Robbie Anderson had some stuff he was dealing with. They willingly brought him on as kind of like a last resort. And then Rodney Hudson, I, I don't think that sets a good example. Like he was a great person, or, you know, a great human being, immense experience and knowledge. But like Cardinals need to be paying players that are available and that, uh, you know, go to bat for he's He's the opposite, really, of somebody like Jason Kelsey who literally you'd have to pull him from the field to, to get him not to play. And they Cardinals need players like that. Yeah, no question. And it's interesting you mentioned Kelsey because the other center that the Cardinals wanted in the draft last year after not getting Linderbaum in round one was Cam Jurgens. And then the yeah. Eagles drafted Jurgens. I think it was yeah. four spots in front of the Cardinals uh, mm-hmm. to be the heir apparent to Jason Kelsey. But I, I think you're running on with a lot of it. I mean, if there's a guy coming out of his first contract that is worth some money that you have yeah. real confidence is going to be around for four or five years, then I can see doing that. And while I think it would be a great addition for this team for a guy like Hargrave, I mean, he's 30 years old. And so yeah. how many years are you going to get out of him? Now, if you can get two years, a two-year deal for reasonable, well, bring him in there because he's a good character guy and yeah. a good player. But you're right. I, th- I think a big part of this, it's, al- it's almost going to be like the coaching staff. I would think as yeah, this roster will, because I think they want to be at least younger on the roster with players than they are with coaches. And they've gone very young with the coaching staff. And you're right. Mm-hmm. I think they'll, they'll do that and, and try to pick up as many draft choices as they can, which is really going to make the next month and a half intriguing, wondering if they're going to keep that third overall pick. And I know we're going to get to that later, later in the show, keep that pick or just, you know, get as many picks as you can that are going to help this roster get better. Yeah, and no one wants to see this team lose if they're going to lose in September and October with old players. I exactly. mean, it was the biggest problem I had. Like, uh, you know, the end of the year, Cam Thomas and Maje Sanders not getting playing time over some of these veterans. It just didn't make sense. But um, one of the players that we expect to be moved, the show has been on this since mid-January, DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, the buzz in, in Indy was not... Will he get moved? It's how quickly is this going to happen? And then we've got a new report from Mike Silver, Howard, basically saying like Monty Austin Fort has been making phone calls, taking phone calls for the last couple of days. And, you know, I, I assume that's been happen- happening for some time. Goodness, if you if you get a look at, no disrespect, the, the free agent receiving core, it's not great. Now, Michael Thomas could be released. Keenan Allen could be released. But Hopkins is clearly above all, you know, the most impactful singular player, assuming that he can rebound after a couple down years. But I mean, Howard, we've got a graphic here from producer Emma. There are some teams that I know definitively are in the mix. And then there are some teams that make sense. But, you know, we had Benjamin Albright come on this show this time last week and say it's going to be Kansas City. We had some folks from PFF come on the show and say the Giants want him. Everybody from CHGO that we talked to said, the Bears would redo that deal in a second for Clay Claypool for Hop, DeAndre Hopkins. Then I heard some stuff, you know, from a source about the Patriots. What do you make of the Hopkins market? And do you think the Cardinals should settle for a second round pick or much of the fan base? They want a first. Well, I can understand a fan base wanting a first. And I was responding to a few people on Twitter today and they're saying, well, how can you not get it first for DeAndre Hopkins when he gave up a first for Marquise Brown? And they referred to Hopkins as being in his prime. Well, let's remember, it was three years ago when he was even more in his prime. I would argue he's not really in his prime now, especially coming off two years of injury and going to turn 31 in June. And he has a big contract. Whoever's going to take on that contract. And people have to understand a lot of times that when trades are made, a lot of times the draft compensation isn't as good as you'd like it to be because of the player's contract. And, and Hopkins is due $19.5 million uh, this year and, you know, and then a, you know, a big number next year. So you have to think, well, what team is going to want to take that on and hope that he is as m- closer to his prime than not, you know, going to be 31 and coming off those injuries. So I, I, so I think that it, so bottom line though, is let's remember three years ago, 
Hopkins contract was the big issue in terms of him leaving Houston. And the Cardinals didn't give a number one pick then. So it's interesting right. to me that, that people wonder, well, why can't they get a number one for him when they didn't even have to give a number one for him when he was three years younger three years ago? Yeah. And I think that's the sticking point for some people. Here's what I will say. You know, it's a it's a seller's market if you've got a D hop, because I you know, this draft class has got some got some guys, but they've never played it down in the NFL. And it's not comparable to last year's draft class. The, the Chris Alaves of the world, you know, Garrett Wilson. There's nobody like that in this draft. Like Quentin Johnson's a, a magnificent player, but he was undersized. He was two inches shorter than everybody thought. He was six two instead of six four, and he body catches. Like if if you're Green Bay and you're going all in, if Rodgers is back, or if you're Kansas City and you're you're moving off Juju and you want to bring in like there's only one player that's going to fit this. And so I I'm with you. I think of course everybody would like a first round pick, and you see some of these teams, Green Bay, Kansas City, the Giants. It's a late first. So that's where you're going to start the conversation if you're Monty Austin for it. Then you're probably going to have to pivot to a second. You could get a second, maybe some change. But I, to me, it, this this team, with Kyler Murray's injury, a new regime, it's the right time to, to sell high. And I say high, you know, of course, knowing Hopkins is over 30, but it's the same issue. The, the team should have sold high on Patrick Peterson once upon a time, and they didn't. So this is forward thinking. It's going to be difficult, Howard to watch DeAndre Hopkins play well for somebody else next year. It's going to be difficult the day he gets traded to, to come on this show and talk about it. Because really, you look back, Cardinals only got three years and about two seasons worth of play from Hopkins and one postseason berth. So you could make an argument like, you know, at the end of the day, could you call it a success? I think it was, but just because they gave up a second and they, they dumped David Johnson's contract. I don't think it it reached its culmination like we all would have hoped. Um, and again, I, man, if he goes to somewhere like a Kansas city, I mean, we're all just be prepared. If he's, if he's healthy, he's, he's going to produce for them. No, he, he probably will. There's no doubt about it. And here's the thing too. When I, I mentioned about contracts is that none of the money he has left on his contract and it's about, you know, it's 19.45 million this year and then 14.9 million and change next year. That's pretty good money for two years, but none of it is guaranteed. So you mm -hmm. know that Hopkins wants some guarantees. And so that's yeah. going to be a team that will not only be looking to give up draft choice compensation, but knowing they're probably going to have to restructure that contract and take a whole bunch of that salary this year, turn it into a signing bonus, add a year or two to it, probably voidable years where they can spread out the salary cap hit and just hope, like you said, that at 31 in June, that, that they get, you know, a couple of really good years out of them and that he avoids injury. But you know, two knee injuries in a you know two knee injuries in two years, two hamstring injuries in two years, and and that can very well make teams a little bit wary. And you know, yeah. the Chiefs a lot of times they're not a huge you know spending team. I mean, look at this year they they didn't want to go the distance for Tyreek Hill, ended mm -hmm. up trading him, got great draft choice compensation for him, and then they signed you know they signed guys just to fill in with Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Like you said, Marquez Valdez Scantling, and they still won the Super Bowl with those yeah. guys. So they're probably thinking, well, why do we have to pay $20 million plus or whatever it's going to be for DeAndre Hopkins as good as he is? So all I'm saying is I think it complicates the trade market somewhat. And it's going to be very, very interesting to see what exactly happens that for the Cardinals to get some kind of value uh, for him. And and then and then remember too. I, I know you mentioned about the cap, and it was a good point. But and that they, they will save on the cap no matter what. But right, you know, but if he's still on the roster, which I don't suspect he will be by a week from Wednesday when the new league year begins, he counts over thirty million against mm -hmm. the cap. Now the Cardinals, yes. th that's on the cap, so the, that that's that's within the numbers that they know uh, that they can handle. But yeah. you still don't want that lingering, you know, that much longer. Uh, after that and if and if they do trade them prior to june 1st then it'll be eight million they'll still take a 22 million dollar uh, cap hit so you know they can live with it like you said and go forward because this is this this is long range for the what who knows what's going to happen this season certainly you don't want to be bad but you also are, are building trying to build this thing and, and and obviously get a whole lot better players around kyler murray on that offense that's the big question though what do you do at wide receiver I mean, they had right. a question with Marquise Brown, who's in the final year of his deal, 
at a little over $13 million, I believe it is. You sign him to a long de- long-term deal. Do people think that he has earned a four- or five-year contract worth 19 or $20 million a year? I'm not so sure of that. So yeah. that's a position that they really have to pay a lot of attention to uh, going forward, especially when you talk so much about surrounding Kyler Murray with the talent that can bring out his best. Yeah, to me, the team that makes a ton of sense, and I heard it about Thursday afternoon, I got a text message. I mean, New England, to me, you're not paying Mac Jones anything yet. Your offense has been disheveled. You know, you, you can't develop receivers there. You've missed so many times if you're Bill Belichick in the draft. We know that Belichick and Hopkins have an admiration for each other. It's really just the Bill O'Brien piece. Can those two coexist? Because uh, if they could, I feel like the deal might be done already. But um, the Giants is also a team to watch, depending on, like, can they get this Daniel Jones deal done? What do you do with Saquon? I mean, they were paying Kenny Galladay big money, and he was giving them nothing. So I'm sure they would you know, gladly upgrade with, with DeAndre Hopkins. He's going to have a market. You know, this show is on the beat uh, when and if it happens, when it happens uh, in the coming days. Um, so we'll see. We're also going to see uh, our friends at Circle K a lot because they're the newest partner. I don't know if you know this, Howard, of PHNX. PHNX Cardinals is happy to announce that Circle K is joining the PHNX family. Uh, you know, you, you think about PHNX synonymous with Valley Sports, now Circle K, of course, synonymous with the elite of convenience stores. And again, it's bigger than just a gas station. It's a place you can go, feel good about, get coffee, get food, recharge your batteries, and get this. Circle K is giving away a $500 gas card to one of our Arizona listeners. All you got to do out there is text PHNX to 31310 to enter. Again, $500 gas card from our friends um, at Circle K to any of our listeners here at PHNX Programming. Just text PHNX to 31310 to enter. It's been a phenomenal start to the partnership. We don't go hand-in-hand with partners we do not use and believe in ourselves. That's Circle K. And our next partner, Mr. Howard Balzer, Four Peaks. Some of our favorite beers are on tap there this month. We've got spring training tours throughout March. It's baseball season right around the corner. Nothing better than spring training and a tall glass of your favorite Four Peaks beverage, Our friends at Four Peaks will be out at the M3F Festival, March 3rd and 4th. Again, if you missed that, check it out. It's a phenomenal experience with Four Peaks. Anytime you're in the Valley, all you got to do to keep up on their events, go to fourpeaks.com slash events. You can see their Beer Week Entertainment. Check them out at Four Peaks in Tempe. It's a staple of the Valley. I'm sure Jonathan Gannon and his staff, they don't know already about Four Peaks. They're going to learn about it soon enough. Again, Four Peaks Brew at Four Peaks Brew on social media. Uh, I hope our guy Bo Brock is having a couple Four Peaks as he recharges his batteries, much deserved on the sandy beaches of Florida. We are back here on the grind, that being Howard Balzer and myself. And I mean, let's talk a little uh, NFL Combine recap, Howard. It was a crazy environment. Jalen Carter not available for obvious reasons. I wrote about it on gophnx.com. I think the Cardinals have taken him off their draft board, presumably at three, um, which opens up a lot of possibilities. But I've heard their preference. They want to trade down. Now, that's easier said than done. But from your vantage point, you know, what needs to happen for that to happen? Do the Bears have to move first? Do you start making calls right now? I mean, we've got rumors that Seattle, even though they just re-signed Geno, likes Anthony Richardson. you got the Colts right behind you. How can the Cardinals leverage this third overall pick, in your opinion? That is a great question because you almost have to have the other teams move and have some, so so someone trading into that, if they're going to do it early, they have to be confident that a guy is there that they want. I mean, we saw a couple years ago in the 49ers uh, did it pretty early, uh, but you know, there was the whole debate. Is it going to be Trey Lance? Is it going to be Mac Jones? And it turned out to be Trey Lance, but Mm -hmm. they knew they were in pretty good position to get that quarterback at that number three spot. So the big question is what, what other will will the team really know? Or, and here, and here's a part of it. See, I, I I always believe the whole Jalen Carter thing. Certainly a lot of teams are going to be looking closely at that. I don't know if it's going to affect his draft status that much, but I was always of the, had the sense that the Cardinals would prefer if they were to stay at three, prefer a pure pass rusher, as opposed to Jalen Carter, as good as Carter is. But you can get a you know you can get a Will Anderson there or even uh, Tyree Wilson. Then 
that that might have been what they would might have preferred anyway. And so now it becomes a fact. Hey, you you might be if you're willing to trade down. Well, if if quarterbacks go one two, then yeah. so, someone could come up for Anderson. And mm-hmm. now you're probably not going to get as good a package for that as you would yeah. for a team wanting a quarterback. But you'd still get a pretty good draft package for it. So probably they're going to have to wait it out a bit. I know that you know Ryan Poles, the Bears general manager, you know had a big talk with uh, with the media in Chicago, and he was talking about, boy, I'd love to get this done early, but mm-hmm. you can't rush into it because you don't want to pull the trigger too early, and then perhaps there might have been a better deal out there. And you also don't know where teams stand on who do they really believe is the number one player in the draft. Yeah. Is, is a team really willing to dra- go up that high for Bryce Young? And mm-hmm. you know, that's a big question. I mean, again, yeah. you know, the big story of the week was how, which was no surprise, he measured almost almost identically to Kyler Murray. And right. is, it, you know, is a team – we don't want to take that chance with a smaller guy who's not even. And he's not the athlete, in my opinion, that Kyler was no, coming not. out with the ex- with the explosiveness. They're not he's on the not. same level. No, so so that becomes the question. Sure, you know, the Bears would love to trade down, and he's talking about. I know I can get a number one in twenty four and a number one in twenty five, yeah. and then some other picks this year. Well, you know, we're not we're not talking about Peyton Manning here. You know, we're not talking yeah. about Andrew Luck. We're not even talking about. How you know how you know Trevor Lawrence was viewed uh, coming out? So I'm now. This is me. I'm not convinced that there's any quarterback that's worth giving up that much for. But we also know how teams just get so pressured and so you know out of their minds right. to trade up for guys that they make deals that they regret later. I mean, you know, look, look at the quarterbacks that have been taken in the top handful of you know the, the top handful of picks over the last number of years. You know, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Jared Goff, uh, Carson Wentz. I mean, th- these are guys that aren't even with the teams that they were drafted by. And Carson Wentz right now doesn't even have a team. And so that's that's the risk you take. And I just don't think there's the value there in any of these quarterbacks. So that's going to obviously drive what the Cardinals are able to do, um, you know, with that pick. But chances are they're going to have to wait. The good news is, is I don't think any of these quarterbacks hurt their draft stock. And uh, you can make an argument. Richardson certainly helped himself. I, you know, he's a specimen. He's he's enormous. And a team can talk themselves into him being Josh Allen 2.0. C.J. Stroud threw the ball exceptionally well. Will Levis helped himself. And, you know, Bryce Young certainly didn't hurt. I don't think he hurt his stock. But um, but there's a conversation to be had now. And I think, Howard, something happened this morning. And I tweeted about it that, that helped the Cardinals, I believe. And that's New Orleans getting Derek Carr. Derek Carr had been talking to Carolina and some of these other teams. And producer Emma, if when you get a minute, can we see the draft order? And this is why Derek Carr helped the Cardinals. The Cardinals need to be in a position where they're in a waiting game with some of these quarterback needy teams in the top 10. Like right now on this show, everybody should be rooting for Aaron Rodgers to either stay in Green Bay or go to the Jets because the Cardinals want to be sitting there licking their chops that Vegas needs a quarterback, Atlanta and Carol- Carolina and not pictured Tennessee at 11, which, by the way, they look like they're gutting the roster. And we know Monty's got relationships in Tennessee. To me, it, it plays out like this. You know, everything that I heard from Benjamin Albright and some of the other people we were talking with, Howard, is Houston would like to go up to number one. Now, maybe they can talk themselves into a Strahd, but if Houston goes to one, that, that creates a problem with the Cardinals because then it's like Chicago now holds the pieces again at number two. And ideally a team like Atlanta, Carolina, or Vegas would go to one because then you know definitively the top two picks are quarterbacks. So then it becomes, okay, Indy wants to come up to three, give us a pick. Atlanta wants to come up to three, give us some picks. The Cardinals are in a provocative position, I think, an advantageous position, assuming that Rodgers stays with Green Bay or the Jets and that you know, even if Houston goes to one, I still think there's a path for the Cardinals to trade down. It just becomes a little murkier. Um, so I was talking to some people, Howard, um, while I was in Indianapolis, and it, the general consensus, no, don't, don't take this to the bank. This is just what I heard, was that the Cardinals would like to talk themselves into a line-of-scrimmage player in a trade-down scenario. The kid from Oregon, phenomenal cornerback. The kid from Illinois, you know, close to my hometown of Bloomington, fantastic player right Joey Porter Jr. from Penn State great 
But what I heard was that Gannon, I know this, it's his favorite position. He loves the defensive backs. But he likes to take guys that are undervalued and make them into players. And I just don't know if the Cardinals have the appetite with knowing the importance of the line of scrimmage and knowing that they don't have a D-line to speak of. And their interior offensive line is dicey and their their tackle situation's murky. I think they would like to walk away, whether it's at 3, 9, 10, 11, with a line of scrimmage impact player. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that's just the kind of sense. So, like, watch, like, a Paris Campbell Jr., watch Skaronsky from Northwestern. Tyree Wilson, obviously, is a name to keep an eye on. And I think that's the right decision. And I, I don't want to, you know, knock on cornerbacks for 45 minutes, but to me, the Cardinals are so much more than a cornerback away. They need a tone center up front on on either side of the line of scrimmage. Now, if they take Christian Gonzalez and he's a pro bowler, that's great. You know, Sauce Gardner last year, Patrick Sertain the year before, he could be next in line. But something tells me after talking to three or four people, like they, they want to take an offensive or defensive lineman, including I'll include pass rusher in that. No, I think you're right on. And I also think that the wild card in all this, especially if they trade down, is where do those other picks come? Uh, because yeah. that's where you can get some of those players. And, you know, you mentioned Tyree Wilson, as good as he he, he is viewed now, this yeah. draft is really deep. And so you should be able to get one, if it, even if it's not one of those top couple of guys, whether it's right. later in the first round, early in the second, I mean, there's so many ramifications to this. But the other thing, just to go back to the to the order of the round, the real wild card. First of all, if the Bears and Texans would flip spots, it wouldn't be surprising to see the Bears trade again uh, after that. Right. That's what I mean. So, they're, they, yeah, they, they're they in the driver's seat then, which is unfortunate. Right. And that brings Indianapolis into play here because on two mm-hmm. levels, one, and some would say, well, you know, if, if there's still a quarterback there that you like, well, you don't have to trade with the Cardinals, uh, let's just say, depending on how the two picks go. But what Indianapolis has to be wary of is someone else behind them jumping right. in front of them to get, mm-hmm. who, you know, especially if it's if it's one of the quarterbacks. And who knows? Maybe they fall in love with Richardson. Maybe they fall in love with Levis. You know, who knows? You know, that's that's the thing that we never know. We, we can look at all the projections. And all, you know, the Todd McShays and the Mel Kuypers and all Daniel Jeremiah's, and they all do a great job. Don't get me wrong. But they don't right. know truly what teams are really thinking about these guys. And that's why when the draft rolls around every year, we sit there and go, oh, my goodness, that, that's a surprise. That's a surprise. Yeah. Well, it shouldn't be a surprise because we never really know what each individual team is thinking about mm-hmm. these guys. But, you know, that's what makes this, you know, this opening part of the round <laughs> just – you know, it's always a crapshoot, Johnny, but yeah. maybe even more so uh, this year. And and especially when it comes to those quarterbacks to see which teams really love these guys. And then we'll look at it three years later and they'll be going, oh, my goodness, we made a mistake. But yeah. you never think you're making a mistake when you make that pick in April. Yeah. And I think I know it's going to be tough. We, we went from, you know, Jalen Carter, Will Anderson or bust, right? And yeah. Hopkins is a member of the Arizona Cardinals. And now there's this reality coming into play of, well, we're not going to get Jalen or Will, and we're trading away DeAndre Hopkins. Like, what are we doing? And I get that. And that it's it's a tough mindset. But I think, well, I know, like, there, this team is more than just Will Anderson Jr. away from being competitive. And I he would be my choice if they stick and pick at three. Because uh, I think he 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 checks every box that you want this new regime to be able to say it's our poster child for for Cardinal football for the next ten years under this regime. But I by hook or by crook, I think they're com- they're they're staunchly committed to trading this pick if they can get something for it, even if it's just let's trade down a couple picks and then you give us your second this year, which is a top fifty pick. That's a that's a starter. That's somebody that they feel like has Pro Bowl potential. I think we're going to be in a position, Howard, and I told this to Bo. I think on Friday's show. I think the Cardinals are going to end up with three seconds this year, which will be absolutely wild. It's it's unprecedented. And I also feel like Cardinal fans are scarred because this team has never prioritized drafting and developing at a high level. And I think that it's it's difficult. I'm going through this too. We want to play this game of sign this player in free agency, trade picks for players. That was the kind of way of doing things, and, and that's over. This team now wants to build a sustainable winner. Everybody does, but you do that, especially with a $50 million quarterback, through the draft. And so 
Um, maybe there's a scenario where they could trade down slightly with an Indy or somebody like that and still get Will Anderson. Everything's on the table. But it just it feels like, especially, Howard, I don't know if you saw this or not, like Bidwell went on 98.7 and said, like, we're revamping our scouting approach, which, number one, that's great, but it's not going to be implemented until this college football season. So right. wouldn't it make sense then to say, well, we want two ones next year and we want two twos and whatever, get as many picks for next season as well. That Not to say you're punting on this year's draft, but it's like this this rebuild, and it's a rebuild right now, is going to take more than one singular offseason. No question about that. And that's absolutely no question about that. And I think that you, know, you mentioned if you pick up a number two with a slight trade down, it'd be top 50, might, might probably be top 40. Right. And, and who knows, you know, if, if Hopkins ends up getting a second round pick, that would likely be later uh, in the round. Uh, but still, like you said, that's three seconds. Uh, they're probably going to get a pick at the end of the third round as a compensatory pick. And they've got some extra choices uh, coming there. And then, then the other part of it, too, let's remember, trade downs aren't limited to only the first first round. I no mean, doubt. They're, they're going to have the third pick in in the second round, which is 34th overall. And who's to say that, hey, especially you, you in the second round, there, there's, there's going to be a bunch of players there that yeah. you would be probably happy with. Well, if there's some other team that just wants a certain player, you could trade down from from two and and get an ex, another three or who, who knows what, yep. or what it might be. So that, that's going to be real interesting because, you know, the one thing about Monty Austin for it, obviously he's going to take from all the different places he was, but. The one thing he witnessed year after year in New England when he was with the Patriots was Bill Belichick. And they, they weren't that they, they, they haven't been that great a drafting team. I mean, that's one no. thing we need to get out there. But they also Bill Belichick traded all over the place, trading here, mm-hmm. trading there, you know, picking up a pick next year and trading for this. pick. I mean, he, he, he did that all the time. And they would end up with with a bunch of extra picks. And I'm going to be real curious if that's one of the things that uh, that, that Austin Fort really works uh, to try to accomplish in this draft. And like you said, that could end up, you know, picking up some picks next year and, and, you know, don't give up too many this year, but still get some extras uh, next year, which will just continue and help uh, that rebuild. It's a, it's a loaded draft at a couple of different positions. It's a loaded slate tonight on DraftKings talking to NBA. The Phoenix Suns feel like house money right now. Anytime you wager on the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you've got, a ton of odds, future props, uh, NFL free agency, whatever you want to dabble in, spring training. Uh, we've got March Madness right around the corner. No better time than to tap in with the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX. Get this. New customers can bet a mere $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly. It doesn't have to be on the spread or the money line or the over-under, whatever you want. Put a five spot on it if you're a new customer. Slam that promo code PHNX. Get $200 in bonus bets instantly only at the DraftKings Sportsbook app with promo code PHNX. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. I don't think there's a better time of the year, even in the NFL season, to dabble on DraftKings right now. There's so much stuff going on. There's so much action to be had. Speaking of action, if your furniture is not up to snuff, if it's not up to par, take a note from us and check out our friends locally owned in the Valley at more furniture they do the white glove delivery service it's phenomenal everything you see the luxurious stylings of uh the phnx office the recliners everything we use on our shows it comes from more furniture and it comes at a discounted price i was at a certain big box retailer over uh, last weekend that supposedly is synonymous with savings with furniture it may rhyme with schmikea and it's not prices have gone up everywhere Outside of our friends at More Furniture, save on on the best, biggest furniture in the Valley when you head to, you guessed it, morefurniture.com. Howard, um, so last week the NFLPA released their, I don't know, report cards if you want to call it, and we went in on the Cardinals pretty hard. And you've got a tremendous article that I read before the show today at gophnx.com detailing the Cardinals' failing grades. But when you saw that come out, I just want to get your thoughts were you surprised? You're at the facility almost every day during the season. You talk with players. What was your reaction to that NFLPA report? I was, I was somewhat surprised that it was that bad. I mean, yeah. 
and that's you know that's the thing about it. And you know, we we get a limited view of of the facility. Uh, certainly, you know, we we're not in the weight room. Uh, we you know we when we go into the locker room for uh, for availability, we you know pass by the the cafeteria area where everyone eats, and it, lo- it looks like you know a pretty good setup. Um, mm-hmm. The the locker room, you could see where I mean they don't even have enough locker space in in the main locker room for all their players during the regular season. And granted, a lot of times that's affected by a number of guys on injured reserve and all that. And and there are a lot more guys on practice squads now than there used to be. But they they've got players in, you know, in, in an auxiliary locker room. And oh, so man. that was one thing that, that I noticed and wondered about because I I'd never seen that before. Now, in all honesty, I haven't covered a lot of teams. Um, but so so like I said, so a certain amount of that uh, did you know did surprise me in terms of you know some of the things about especially that some of the players feel that 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 the, the weight room area is is unsafe and there's floorboards uh, coming up uh, stuff like that and when you mm-hmm. hear about you know players being charged you know if they want a dinner then oh yeah they'll box up dinner but then they take it out of their paychecks and I'm I'm thinking wow I mean it's just you know you want guy you know you always hear the term Johnny as you know you know you know first one in the door last one out well, yeah. So if you're if you're spending extra time at the facility and you're there till seven, I don't know, you know, so if you're there till seven o'clock, whatever, seven thirty, whatever time it is, it'd be nice to get a meal, you know, especially if you're single and you don't have, you know, anyone anyone to cook for you. But to yeah. take that out of a player's check, I mean, that that was that was that was a little shocking to me. But mainly it was just a comparison to all the other teams, and I included that in in the story today. It wasn't just talking about the Cardinals, but it was talking about a team like the Vikings. Uh, which mm-hmm. who were who were number one and basically had all A's. Everything was either mm-hmm. an A minus, an A, or an A plus. And you know they built a new facility within the last five to ten years, I think it was, and spent over ninety million dollars on it. But the players just love it. And I know there's you know some people always react, oh these are complaining players, you know, and, and all this stuff. But the irony to me, Johnny, is that how much do we hear about? Well, they got to change the culture. Oh, you got to change the culture. Yeah. We heard that so much about this team. And when some people think of culture, they think, oh, that's the GM, that's this, that's that. All of this is really what the culture is of how an yeah. organization views its players and how they, you know, do things to make it a great place, you know, to come to come and work. And so yeah. it's going to be interesting to see what they do about it because because Michael Bidwell did have some comments. You know, he talked about uh, when Jonathan Gannon was introduced as the head coach, you know, he talked about, you know, things that they talked about, about things that we can do better uh, on his uh, interview on 98.7 during their newsmakers week. He talked about, you know, we have to look closely at the sports science and a lot of those things and see how we can improve there because all, all that's tremendously important. I, I see these teams hiring like seven and eight guys on yeah. their staffs for sports science and sports nutrition and this and that and all these different areas, which are so important. And especially when you have a lot of young guys, you don't want them leaving the facility and going to McDonald's for dinner. I mean, you, right. you, you want them eating right and you want them, and you want them trained and, and counseled on how to eat right and all those things. And I know in the cafeteria there, they do have a, you know, a big board that talks about oh, this has this many calories, this has this and this has that. But every elementary school in America has that. These yeah, days. Well, that's, <laughs> that's a good point. That's a good point. And so, you know, these are the things that are very, very important uh, to players and to teams. And, and even though some will think, well, how much does that really have to do with, with, with being successful? And I know some people pointed out, like the Chiefs, for example, were pretty low, you know, in a bunch of things. Apparently they have some old facilities and, you know, and things like that. But, you know, there's always outliers. You can't just look yeah. at one thing that maybe is an outlier and say, well, then it's okay if you're horrible. And you have like of eight, of eight categories, the Cardinals had five Fs. I yeah, mean, they had the most like Fs of were, anybody. It's not like they were just average or a little low. I mean, they had five Fs, and, it, and that's just not a good look. And so it's going to be very interesting to see what the organization does to improve it. It's it, it, I, I thought they'd probably be middle of the pack, maybe toward the bottom tier. I did not think that they would be by far and away the worst. I mean, the commanders had four Fs, the Cardinals had five. Um, to me, I, I'm shocked that Michael Bidwell, by doing that, I mean, you don't prioritize your players and their right. nutrition and their bodies. 
and I always thought he was kind of different from his dad in that sense because his dad was very stringent on on contract extensions. They let people leave and, and flourish elsewhere. Like the one thing I would always be able to say about Michael is we got the new stadium built and he pays players, right? Every you know, Patrick Peterson got an extension and Larry Fitzgerald got extensions and Calais and Darnell and people got paid. So I'm like, okay, well, certainly he cares about the other stuff the you know that's below that we gotta we gotta make sure we're we're caring for people and their families to see that i mean i think about howard how how poor this team is at drafting and that comes directly from your scouting department and these scouts you know it's not a glamorous job you're away from your families when you're at the facility you're working 12 hour days these guys are making like 70 grand right and so in most organizations i know for a fact scouts live off of these free meals like i'm gonna just eat all day at the facility i'm gonna take my food home to imagine like looking at your scouts who already are under the gun. They don't make any money and says, you're going to have to pay for that box lunch that you eat here. I mean, that that is absolutely ridiculous. And it, it makes me feel like, well, by doing so, you're not going to attract the best people. Like why do why does Google and IBM and all these Fortune 50 companies attract the best people that come in? Everything's free, right? You, we have the best health plans. We have the best pension, the 401k. Cardinals like, and this was a point I made last week, Howard that the the internet and fan acumen it's evolved now you can't run a clown show like this and expect to just skate under it you know pension pennies you're going to be exposed and i applaud the nflpa for this i think it's we need to hold these owners accountable because there's an owner down the street in phoenix in matt ishbia that's turned Mm -hmm. the heat up on everybody in the valley and when you're down there and you're michael bidwell and you're hosting super bowls and everything's great but then suddenly a week later, you're being compared to Daniel Snyder in Washington. It's not a place you want to be. So I I do think that it will force force the issue. I don't think, you know, I saw some people say Bidwell needs to make a statement. What what can you even say at this point? You have you have to speak with actions, not words. You've got to take steps immediately. And again, like I I was speaking with somebody um last week and they told me like Gannon's a nutrition freak, and that will change, and they will put pressure on Bidwell to revamp everything as it relates to player care and taking care of their bodies. And, you know, when I remember when Michael took over and Ken Wisenhunt became the head coach, they leveled up in a lot of ways. But now it's that time has come again. Like what you did in 2006, 2007, 2008, now you need to you need to upgrade from that, right? Now it can't just be good enough that you got a new stadium built um, and you've won, you know, more than you did back in, you know, your Sun Devil days and, and back in St. Louis in the 80s, like, okay, now you need to take another step. You can't just be happy with the status quo because you know this, Howard, like everybody gets an equal check from the NFL. So it's the only league really where you don't have to be successful to, to, to be in the green every year. And so I think a lot of these owners of the past would just sit back and collect their check. And so it's good to put pressure on ownership, especially a, a team that, you know, has the longest professional drought in all of pro sports. So um, yeah, I, I don't think we'll hear from Michael Bidwell again. I think it's rightfully so it's going to be Monty out in front and Gannon out in front, have, have them do everything moving forward because they're, they're the clean slate. I think the fan base wants whether or not they'll succeed. We'll see, but I, they have the mantra of, yeah, don't worry about last season. Don't worry about all this stuff. We're new. We come from winning cultures. We'll take care of everything. No, I think you make it a tremendous amount of points. And, you know, one of the teams that was in the top group was Miami and I was, I didn't realize, I had forgotten that they had opened a new facility, a training facility two years ago that was $115 million. And I saw yeah. some defending the Cardinals because maybe six or seven years ago, they spent like $15 million or something, you know, upgrading yeah. what they had. Here's $115 million, And I read that they have a two, you know, a two-story weight room. And I mean, it's just, mm-hmm. it's just like, it's all state-of-the-art stuff. And, and that's, that's what you have to do to compete. And players talk to each other. Um, now granted offering money certainly is a big part of it in terms of contracts, but you also want to be at a place that that cares about you. And the other part, you know, we talked about nutrition, you know, here's a team Now let's, let's be real about it. A big, a big factor. And what happened to this team over the last year and a half was just an incredible number of injuries. Now, were they flukes? Was it luck? What was it? Well, that's something they should be looking at really long and hard why Why were there, you know, so many injuries? Why were they just constant? And they weren't just all issue stuff. You know, I mean, you know, last year in 2021, there seemed to be an epidemic of ribs injuries. You know, this mm-hmm. year it was back injuries. I mean, there's a whole bunch of guys, 
you know, that suffered back injuries. So, so what is, you know, I don't know the answer. They need to find it out because, you know, we can say all you want about having the good players or not, but if those good players aren't on the field, it doesn't do you any good. I mean, Jonathan yeah. Gannon just came with a team that was as healthy as any team that I've seen in the last five years in the yeah. NFL with, with not having guys miss games and an offensive line that only missed three starts total three starts the entire season. And that, mm-hmm. that's a big part of your success when your best players are on the field. The Cardinals obviously haven't had that for the last year and a half, and they need to be looking at that, like I said, very long and hard to try to figure out if there's a pattern and why. Old players get hurt, too, and they've been too predicated oh, on old players. Yeah, and they're going to get some young talent in the upcoming NFL draft, and we're bracing for a free agency that's going to see some house cleaning. Uh, but in the meantime, check out Howard's work at gophnx.com. Slam the promo code Howard, H-O-W-A-R-D. Become a diehard. Come yell and scream at us in the exclusive member Discord. We're hanging out there on a daily basis. 20% off all uh, future PHNX events. Cop a free hat and or shirt for every year you're signed up for the diehard subscription membership. Uh, again, like this video, share it around the YouTube met- metaverse. We greatly appreciate it. We are closing in. I think 11,000 subscribers here on YouTube, which is fantastic. It's fantastic, Howard, having you on. We're going to run it back tomorrow. And uh, my friend, maybe maybe we get some more info on this Hopkins deal because it really does feel like we're, we're touch and go, you know, closing in on something happening, especially as you mentioned with that with that guaranteed money coming up. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, and that's, you know, that's a, you know, that's, that's a big thing. I mean, it's not, it's not, it's not, he doesn't have the guarantees, but it is a big cap hit and you can live yeah. with it maybe for a short period of time, but you definitely want it, want it settled because if for some reason you can't trade them, well then they, they probably have to, you know, maybe do something with the contract because I don't mm-hmm. know what he would do because, you know, all, all indications are he'd like a new start, but he wants some kind of new contract with some guaranteed money. And, you know, we'll see if he's able able to get it but you know we're, we're right around the corner it seems that not it never ends in the nfl it seems like just yesterday that they played the super bowl and here we are already done the combine and and free agency and a week from today next monday is when negotiate and we know that some of the negotiations go on before that anyway but that's yeah. when it legally begin at what let's see noon eastern so i got to get this time right because the clocks change around the country but not here so that'll be nine pacific next monday is when negotiations can begin with free agents from other teams. And then the new league year begins on Wednesday when every team has to be compliant uh, with the salary cap. So, you know, we know that, what do we call them now? Chosen Anderson. I don't know what the heck that means, but that'll be 12 million cleared and there'll probably be some other things also, but it's uh, it'll, it'll start getting crazy next week. No doubt about it. Doesn't feel like we've had any time off, and that's how we like it here. We only off-season a PHNX, PHNX Cardinals. Ding that bell so you get reminded every time we go live. For Howard Balzer, I'm Johnny Venerable. Subscribe to PHNX Cardinals wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you tomorrow.